So today we're going to get into uh, the message we're talking about, the family recipe, uh, our daily bread, the glory in the ordinary. Everybody say glory, glory. in the ordinary. You know, uh, a lot of times in our lives, um, good life, you know, I've, I've said this for years, good life is absence of drama. And so, uh, so a lot of times the ordinary days are what we have, and yet God has put something in us to desire for something more, right? Uh, so he, he set eternity in the hearts of men so that it causes people to seek for more, seek God. And, and so God is the only one that can fill that, that God-sized hole that's on the inside of us. And so when we consider the person of Jesus, I want to talk to you for a minute about his glory in the ordinary we know that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man in one package, right? That the gospel is that not that God is apart from man, but God is different. God is the creator of all heaven and earth, but he came to earth as a man, Emmanuel, God with us. So the gospel is fully God and fully man in the person of Jesus Christ, not 50% man and uh and I don't know what would be the other percentage, I guess the other 50% God, uh, not 25% man, 75%. It would not be that. It would be God. Jesus is fully God and fully man. And so the, the challenge that we had, it's not, not so much that uh, in the historical context, not so much that people didn't believe in God. They did believe in God. They had all kinds of gods. Lots of gods, lots of gods, lots of gods. But the problem was God came to in, in the form of a man. That, that gave him a hard time. And, and so, uh, so the person of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. So I'm going to talk about the whole issue of incarnation today, which means God in, in flesh and the reason that that's important for you and I as it relates to how he works through us today. Are you with me? Um, so let's get into the word um, this morning. And uh, I've got a lot of scripture here, and a lot of it didn't make it into your notes, but the references are there uh, just because there was a lot for us to have. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that should be on the screen though behind me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Notice here that uh, Paul takes us all the way back to creation. And he said, the same God that said, let light shine out of darkness, light be, and light was, that same God has said that uh, has, has uh, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. In other words, when you look on the face of Jesus, you see the glory of God. When you look on the, uh, the, the work that Jesus has done, you see the glory of God. I, I love the passage uh, in Colossians where it says, All the fullness of the deity dwelled in bodily form in the person of Jesus Christ. You want to see what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to see what God looks like in his fullness? Look at Jesus. Well, how do we do that today? How, how is the world going to see Jesus today? Because Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. How will the world see Jesus today? The world will see Jesus today through the body of Jesus Christ. 
The world will see, see Jesus today. He's the head and we are the body. And so the, the way this works is that God, ex, God extends himself. The scripture says there we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, uh, somebody once said that the line sh- shines brightest, the light shines brightest through cracked pots. So if there's a few crack pots around you, what's being communicated? So we have this treasure, this, this, uh, this eternal treasure down on the inside of our hearts. And, and that's where God abides. That's where he dwells. But how does God get out? How does he show himself to people in our world that don't know him? How does he uh, receive, how, how can they receive that expression? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, one of the things that God does, um, you know, this happened a number of years ago. Uh, he, he shows us things by contrasts and comparisons. It's almost like uh, in 2016 when I came back from the motorcycle trip with Jeremy, um, came back and uh, um, Holly, about six months prior to the trip, had lost the, uh, the diamond. The diamond had popped out of her engagement ring. And I gave it to her when we were poor marriage students. And there, it was not much of it. It was a micro diamond. You know what I'm saying? It's just really, it was all a college student couldn't really afford. And. And, uh, and so the, 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 the points had worn down and it had popped out and, and I, I hated that for her. She felt so bad about it and everything. It's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do something about that. And so it was actually Bill and Michelle encouraged us to go to a, a friend of theirs that sold diamonds. And so we went in there. And you know what diamond sellers do? I don't know if you knew this or not, but buyer beware. Okay, I'll give you a little clue here. They put the most expensive one out there first. And so, you know, we kind of gave him our price range, and, and so he's like, oh, yeah. And so what do they do? They take, they take a black velvet background and lay it up there, and then, that, and then that diamond comes in there, and so all the light, whoa, you know. And so you see this, whoa, and then the next one was kind of, whoa, the next one was, whoa. <laughs> and uh, so what, what do you do? The first one, right? It's like, oh, let's go back to that one, right? So, yeah, sold the motorcycle, bought the diamond. And, uh, and, you know, end of, end of that journey, right? And uh, so, so the contrast of Christ in you during your hardest moments, during those challenging times, those times where you feel like, I'm just not enough. Look out. Here comes the treasure. The treasure is going to shine through your life. When you're, when you're encountering a situation that's bigger than you, get ready. Because Jesus wanted to be in that situation all along. And he sent you. And he sent you by putting grace in your life. And there are, there are three major lists of, of, of gifts in the New Testament. We're going to talk about them. Uh, I picked up this classification from Jack Hayford. So if you don't like it, you can blame him. He's in his 80s. He knows more than me. But, uh, but uh, we just group them by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so let's dive into these gifts. And uh, the gifts of the Father we talk about are, are from the original creation. And every human being has some of these. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment, in in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. 
Now, one of the things I'll say at the front end so that you'll notice it all the way through is that every time Paul teaches on the gifts, he always teaches on the body at the same time. The body and the gifts go together. This is why Paul says uh, you, everybody has a body and that body is made up of many members and he's talking about the body of Christ too. He wants us to get that understanding. And the reason that this is important is because the gifts only make sense as they connect to the body. I've had people over the years come in and, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll either uh, show me their business card with apostle or prophet, somebody next to it, uh, next to their name, or they'll come in and say, uh, you know, shake my hand, hey, Pastor Ken, I operate in this gift and that gift, and this is, and I'd really like to come preach, and, and uh, you know, uh, had one guy that uh, had just gotten saved probably six months, and, and, uh, and he was just all radical about, I got to preach on Sunday morning, Pastor Ken, you got to give me a Sunday morning to preach, I got to preach on Sunday morning. I said, mm, how about now? Let's wait. Let's wait. And, and so the, the, the gifts in the body are matched together, right? And, and so Paul gives a teaching on the body as well as a teaching on the gifts. And he says, now pay attention because you have these gifts. God put them in you. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, right there in your notes, I've listed the ones that are in Romans 12. And uh, if you've found that the Lord has used you in, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's in governance, maybe it's in serving, maybe it's encouraging, uh, maybe, uh, maybe here in this, uh, lesson, in this uh, passage it's teaching or giving, I want you to circle it. I want you to circle it, and I, I want you to, to begin to do your own little uh, self-analysis from the Word. What gifts does Jesus want to shine through your life with? What, why? Because he, notice here, these, these are graces. You've received grace. Anybody thankful for the grace of God? We're all thankful for the grace of salvation, but God has given us grace to serve him. He has given us gifts that we can serve him from. That is a grace, but it's not a grace that we always receive from. It's everybody else receives the grace because God uses us in that. It's not my gift. Notice he said that, that all the gifts belong to all the others. I never have to be jealous of you because I already have your gift. I have you. You never have to be jealous of any other person's gift on the planet. You should be jealous for them. You should say, you know what? I love when you do that. Do it more. I love when this happens. Do it more. Use it more. Why? Because the whole point of it is that if they would use their gift, then they would flow in grace. And how many doesn't need more grace in their life? I need more grace. Well, a lot of times our lack of grace is because the body of Christ isn't functioning the way we need to function. We haven't been uh, as open-handed with the grace the way Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give, right? So my gift is not for me, it's for the body. I, I, it's, it's for what God wants to do in your life, that he does what he does in my life. And so we can't be apart from one another. That's the point of Paul always teaching the gifts in the body. What good is your hand if it's not connected to your body? Right? What good is your foot if it's not connected to your body? You know, and, and so all of those things working together, important for us. Number two, gifts of the Son. They relate to the church and function as oversight. These gifts reproduce themselves and facilitate the ministry of others. Now, I will tell you uh, right up front when I get into these passages in just a second that the body of Christ really doesn't understand well the five-fold ministry. A lot of times uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, 
moves into some heresy. It moves into some misunderstanding about what the fivefold ministry gifts. To be honest with you, the best reflection that I've ever seen, um, and I've studied this for many, many years. We spent uh, we spent a week in one of my doctoral classes in Singapore, and the 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 church in Southeast Asia does apostolic leadership better than anybody. Um, and when I say that, I'm not just saying because they have apostles. It's because they have whole huge movements of church planting, uh, whole huge movements out of these uh, out of these churches. The churches are quite large, but their sending capacity is amazing. And apostolic leadership is all about sending. It's not about collecting. Let's see how, how big we can get something. It's all about the gospel needs to go out. The gospel needs to go out. The gospel needs to go out. And so you have a church in Singapore that had started 10,000 churches in Uganda. We're talking about movements of people. We're talking about churches planning, the gospel being preached, people being ministered to. And, and so, uh, so when you have a teaching that limits, you know, uh, limits uh, in, in, in our movement for many years, it was you had pastors, teachers, and evangelists, and you kind of lopped off the apostles and the prophets. And so when that teaching is, is replicated, what you have is churches that are oftentimes don't have the, the, the thrust that they need. They don't have their kind of anemic, and, uh, and you find this wherever that kind of teaching is proliferated but where the fivefold is understood and embraced and there's a team that works together it's amazing so this is what paul says in ephesians 4 as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Notice that, uh, that he just taught about the body and he just taught about grace. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he who... He also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." Now, there have been several uh, books, academic books, that have been written about uh, this particular passage. And let me just help you uh, make a transition in your mind. Again, going back to the idea that these are functions, these are works. A lot of times when we think of uh, a, a pastor, we think of a position. Um, but the pastor just provides a function for the body. Um, and so when you and I stop and think about all the systems that we need in our body to make our bodies work, you would think about your, uh, your heart is, uh, is in, in your body to create circulation. Your lungs are in your body to create respiration. Your stomach is in your body to create digestion, right? Those are all functions. If your body doesn't function well, um, if it doesn't have circulation. Um, case in point, and this is a, this is a victory. This is a, a wonderful miracle that just took place this past year. My secretary for many, many years, Joan Oliver, her daughter, Teresa Pendleton, um, uh, uh, they used to attend here. Now they, now they attend Clover Hill when they moved up to Richmond. But uh, when her last child was born, uh, she tore her muscle, her heart muscle in labor. 
and, uh, and so we went from a moment of rejoicing at this brand new little baby to all of a sudden mama is, mama's, you know, maybe on her deathbed. And uh, her heart uh, dropped to about 5% uh, of, uh, you know, that it could work. And, and so they moved her in and they put her on uh, what was called an LVAD. It's a heart pump. It's, a, it's it basically just a little circulating pump that kept her blood flowing. Now for the past, I think, seven years, I think it's seven or nine years, something like that, She 24-7, she has had a battery-powered pump by her side to keep her heart going. In that while, I mean, just think about how the challenges that you would have with something like that to carry that thing around all the time, this little miniature backpack satchel over your shoulder all the time, making sure it was plugged in, making sure it was recharged. Freakiest thing for me, she hasn't had a pulse because a pump doesn't need a pulse. Your, your heart pumps because it has a pulse, um, but that pump just circulates constantly, right? So, so it's the function. How does the body function. And so what Jesus did when he ascended on high was he gave he gave these functions to the body. And he said apostles are going to function a certain way and their influence is going to cause certain things to happen in the body. Prophets are going to function a certain way. Jesus is the is he is our apostle and high priest. Jesus is the apostle. Jesus is the great evangelist. Jesus is the great shepherd, right? Jesus is the great teacher. He took all of those gifts and he divested them into the body and he said I've got a group of people that are going to make sure that all of the things that I in uh, that I was uh, to the body of Christ all of those things are now released into the lives of people who were, will oversee that for the body and and so the fivefold what we are here to do is we are here to number one reproduce ourselves and number two we're here to help you do the work of your ministry you have a ministry that God wants you to walk in, and you are never going to find fulfillment in your life until you walk in that ministry. It is the vocation of every Christian to find out what their purpose is on the planet, what, what grace did God put in your life and mine. Yeah, sometimes it's related to our job because, uh, because uh, we have certain gifts that are given to us that help us do our job, but that's not all there is. You're going to find your highest calling when you, when you realize that Jesus wants to be right where you are. And he wants, to take, uh, he wants you to carry him into your workplace. He wants you to carry him into circumstances. He wants you to, uh, to, uh, to carry him right where you can be so that he can be there with you. And how does he do that? Well, some of the clues are you've got graces and you've got gifts. And that's how God wants to shine his light through you. You have this treasure in jars of clay, and he wants you to carry him right where you go. It's amazing. We come to church, and for an hour or two hours on a Sunday morning, we say, Jesus, I want to be where you are at. And Jesus is 24-7 saying, but I want to be where you're at. I want to be where you're at. And how can you know that I'm there? I've given you grace. I've given you gifts I've given you things that will flow through your life, and you can see my power manifest through you in these ways, right? And so, 
Those are the, the gifts of the Son. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, we'll, we'll finish up with this text and then we'll rattle off our notes. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit's power upon willing believers to accomplish the Father's will. 1 Corinthians 12, therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Paul begins this, his discussion of the gifts of the Spirit with the test. The word tells us in the New Testament to test the spirits, to see if they be of God. There are a lot of spirits out there, right? Don't want to get hocus pocus weird stuff on Sunday morning. But here's what Paul says very simply. If that person cannot declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life, then that word that they have to share, you can just discount it. It's not a prophetic word. Now, I'm not saying God can't speak through Balaam's backside. I mean, Balaam's donkey, right? I'm not saying God can't do that, but, but if a person is actually saying, I have a, I have a, a word from the Lord from you, from you and, and their life doesn't measure up, then you have reason to step back. You have reason to step back, and we'll talk more about that, but Paul starts it with a, with a, a test. Um, he says, uh, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. So what you need to realize is that we're looking for the activity of God. We don't want just a good idea. There's a lot of good ideas out there. We want the God idea. We don't want just a good opinion. We want God's opinion. We want the word of the Lord. We want it is what it is Holy Spirit is saying because I, I, I need to quiet the other voices in my life and I need to listen to what Jesus has to say because I can trust in what Jesus has to say. And the purpose of the, the Holy Spirit ministering is he will take that which belongs to me and make it known to you. He will take what belongs to me and make it known to you. He is the spirit of truth. And so he will never lead you into sin, never guide you into some place that you ought not to be, never allow you to compromise. He will always give you what you need when you need it if you're listening, if you're ready, and if you're properly connected to the body. Because sometimes this is how the Holy Spirit will begin to minister, is through the body. He'll start to show you something as the word of the Lord comes. Now, here's a, here's a word I want you to get a hold of uh, in verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation, everybody say manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, God doesn't just give you a word so that you can say, hey, I got this word, it's so cool, I'm not like all the other denominations. God gives you a word because he wants to express Christ to you, and he wants Christ expressed through you, so he wants to you to walk in a, a place of obedience maybe that you haven't uh, walked in before. The point of having a word from the Lord is so that you can take it in and receive it and walk it out, right? Um, so, but here's the word, this manifestation. How many of you enjoy watching uh, thunderstorms? I enjoy them until my 70-pound Australian shepherd wants to climb in my lap. It's less enjoyable when Coda wants to break down the door and come in the house. But one of the things Holly always loves to do, she, if there's a storm coming in, she's going to get out to the front porch, and if the wind is not blowing the, 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 water, the rain sideways, she wants to sit there and watch the storm roll in. How many of you have ever uh, wished that you could just like take a picture of that 
powerful light show that you saw. The, the lightning's happening and it flashes across the sky and you stare at it hoping for another, another opportunity and it doesn't happen, right? Because lightning usually doesn't. And so I, sometimes I like to look at pictures of, of lightning just because it's, to me, it's just a fascinating display. The, I, I'm talking about lightning because it's, a, it's the word picture behind this word manifestation, if you think about a manifestation, a gift that is a manifestation, it's a flash. It's a flash of lightning. It's there and then it's gone. This is not the gift of teaching. This is not the gift of, uh, of giving. This is not the gift of serving. This is something that five minutes earlier, you didn't even know it was coming. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit wants to show up and accomplish the will of the Father. And in that moment, he manifests himself. And you didn't have faith for anything five minutes ahead of time. And all of a sudden, you're like, I know what we're supposed to do. I, I, I believe God wants to do this you know I, I i've been in those situations where i'm in prayer this happened to us a number of years ago in, in uganda 2003 and uh and we were all gathered together a team of us in prayer and we're we're praying and i had just learned that uh that people in that part of uganda that uh that the average uh life life expectancy was about 35 years because of hiv 35 years old you know, thank God you don't live in Uganda, in that part of Uganda, because you would have been gone by now, most of us in this congregation. Think about it, 35 years old. I was so struck by that. We're praying, and, and the Holy Spirit, this is this prophetic word, just came bubbling up in my spirit. You've got to bring the kingdom today, because these people don't have tomorrow. I, I, I realized that I just kind of cruised in there on my own agenda. I cruised in there on cruise control. I didn't have an urgency uh, until I heard the word of the Lord as we were praying. You've got to do it. You've got to. And so instead of hanging back, we pressed in and we said every, every opportunity we get, we're going to tell somebody about Jesus. We're going to talk to somebody about Jesus. As we were driving out, I mean, we, we had a tight uh, time span to get back to the airport. We stopped the bus. We run into a, an HIV clinic. We, that's right. We just walk right into the clinic. Every person in there is, is there because they've got HIV. Death sentence at that time. And we walk in and we share Jesus in 10 minutes and all, I think it was 15 or 20 people in there uh, accepted Christ in 15 or 20 minutes. You know what happened uh, in Eldad's church there in Rockeye? After uh, he had been there for several years and the church had plateaued at 30 and uh, in three months it was at 90. He had witch doctors that were coming out in the middle of the day saying, what must I do to be saved? And he said, well, bring all of your, bring all of your witch doctor paraphernalia. We're going to burn it right here at the altar. That's what they did. And which doctor after which doctor came to Jesus? And, and all of that back to this urgency that the Holy Spirit gave us in that moment. Bring the kingdom these people don't have tomorrow. Bring the kingdom. It's about the work. It's about the work that God wants to do in people's lives, drawing them to himself. It's, about, it's not about, oh, I got this gift, I got that gift, I got the other gift. It's about how the Holy Spirit wants to shine the glory of God on people's lives. And so there are nine manifestations of the Spirit that the, the, the Scripture points out to us here. 
And I'll read through those, and then we'll, we'll hit the notes uh, real quick. Let me find my place here. Um, to one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, if I went down that list of, and there was word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, uh, then the, the power gifts, uh, all, all in there. How many of you could say, um, you know, in this crowd where the, where the, the guardrails are on and the, and, and, and the training wheels are here, how many of you would say that the Holy Spirit has used me in one or more of those in the past? Just raise your hand. Go ahead. One or more, and it's not, you're not being boastful, you're just being honest, right? And, and so, you know, here's, here's what I've discovered about the gifts of the Spirit, is that the, the one or two that the Holy Spirit maybe has used me in is the one or two that I get more comfortable in. And sometimes we can think, because if a person operates in this most, that they have that as a resident gift. These are not resident gifts. The Holy Spirit is the resident gift, and all the gifts belong to him. So if you have the Holy Spirit in you, then, then he is the resident gift and giver. And so he can open up any one of these at any given time in your life. You just have to be open to what he wants to do. Um, so don't think that I've never been used in the gift of faith before, so I probably never will. You just hadn't encountered the situation where you needed to operate in that. But if you'd, be, if you'd pay attention and you needed it right then and the Holy Spirit knew you needed it, guess what? You'd have it. You'd have it. Why? Because, because Holy Spirit wants to use us more than we want to be used. And sometimes our blinders on keep us from, uh, from really seeing what it is that God wants to do. He desperately wants to be in your circumstance. Jesus wants to be where you are. And so he wants to shine forth his life and his power through his grace. He does that through giftings. He does that through giftings. So in your notes, let's just talk about the gifts for a minute, and then we're going to close this portion of the service. Number one, you never discover your gift by sitting still. Get moving, and you'll get direction. Get moving, and you'll get direction. Get moving, and you'll get direction. Here's a paradox for you. Jesus is pictured as the rock. He is the cornerstone. He never moves. Holy Spirit metaphors, oil, fire. Rivers, always moving, always flowing. The, you know, uh, John, uh, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, and he says the wind blows where it will. He, he's described as breath. He's described as wind. And, and so what do you have? You have this tension, right, between these two things. The, 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 the doctrine of the Word of God never changes. Jesus never changes. Um, what God wants to do in the world never changes, but Holy Spirit is constantly moving. And so sometimes we, we get sedentary in our ways and we say, oh, I'm just going to always do it this way. Be careful, because that's not the way the Holy Spirit works, you know. When services are repeatable, 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 it's not likely that the Holy Spirit is leading that. Just a thought. We ought to come in and there ought to be a sense of awe. What's God going to do this week? What's God going to do in my life this week? 
you know, um, in your life. Watch for the activity of God. I was talking to a brother the other day, and he said, I just made it my prayer that I would, I would speak the name of Jesus to somebody somewhere in my day. I love that. He said, I want to stand up for Jesus somewhere every day. And you know what? He's watched God move into his circumstances. He's watched God bless him. He's watched encounters. He's had opportunity to pray for people. It's just, he just, I'm just going to stand up for Jesus somehow, some way. And you know what? He just welcomed the Lord. That was a change that he decided to make, but he welcomed the Lord into his circumstances. So we need to get moving. Number two, find your, finding your place in the body means discovering your purpose in Christ. Every teaching about a gift, always accompanied by a teaching about the body. Understand how you relate. Understand what your place is. Find your place. You know, a lot of times people have this angst about where they're at in life, and, and they say, oh, there's got to be something more. Well, maybe you haven't really researched what it is that God wants you to do right where you're at, right? You need to put down those deep roots. You need to say, God, what is my purpose? What is my design? And live according to that design, because that's when you really start to come alive. That's when you say, ah, oh, I get it. I get it. God wants me to do this. And, you know, you will find transitions in your life as you go. You're going to grow from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You're going to operate in all different kinds of gifts depending on what the body needs. You know, a number of years ago, we had a couple here by the name of Dennis and Heather Choate. And they were with Youth with a Mission for many years. Some of you remember them. And, um, and they were here in this area because her mom was in, in Matthews. But powerful missionaries. And they had been with Youth with a Mission and then Mercy Ships. And if you know anything about Mercy ships they had they had uh, uh, helped to put in the water uh, in the Anastasis it was a, a massive hospital ship and and so uh, all you know it was all hands on deck everybody's got to work on this thing and they they none of them had ever worked on any ship they didn't know what they were doing uh, but they they began to uh, put this thing together and then they sailed it and a lot of different things and one time Dennis and I were having a conversation and he says you know he says I hear a lot of people emphasizing the gifts he said but they forget about the body and he said I he said most people in this congregation don't really know half of what my gifts are he said because a lot of those gifts are not needed but he said, I, I choose to plug in where my gift can serve the body the best. I was like, man, you're teaching me something right here. I'm, I'm really getting a clue. He, he really had, they really had a wonderful, and they went on to launch brand new ministry in China. They started a school there. They've done amazing things um, for the Lord. And, and so you and I need to say, okay, where do we fit in the house of God? What does the Lord want us to do? Number three, your gift is always about the work you can do to glorify the Lord and not about a position you can say you have not about a position you can say you have these things are not static they're fluid why because there's, there's work to be done we got work to do we got to work while it's day Jesus said Jesus said of his father my father is always working and I'm working too he says uh, that people ought to see our good works and glorify the father in heaven right it's about the work it's about what can we do for Jesus now how can we present Jesus in our world and we do that through those giftings that he has put in our life number four God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him John Piper said that I love that quote God is most glorified when we are most satisfied is there an area of your life that you're not satisfied yet in your walk with God is there an area of your life that there's frustration 
then, then it's, it's time to say, okay, what do I need to be doing? What is the thing the Lord wants me to do? What do I need to discover in the midst of this? And by the way, I, I would say it this way. Serving is a stem cell in the body of Christ. Serving. Well, Pastor Ken, I don't really know. Okay, we'll start serving. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Start serving. Well, what needs to be done? Well, we need to, we need to move some chairs around. We need to pick up some trash. We need, to, uh, we need to do this. We need to work in the nursery. We need to work here. We need to work. Just start serving. Just start serving. And if you'll start serving, you know what? You'll be in the right place for God to move you in the direction that you need to go. If you're not really sure, that's a good way. And so we say it around here all the time. It's been a little bit different. We haven't said it a lot uh, since COVID. But everybody on a team, everybody in a group, you'll find, you'll grow yourself in a group. You'll find a way to serve on a team functioning. And, and then God has some special things for you to do. But all of us are called to serve, aren't we? All of us are called to pray. All all of us are called to give. All of us are called to do the thing that the Lord puts right in front of us. You'll never be satisfied until you serve the role he made just for you. Just for you. So here's how we act on it. If somebody said, what are your gifts? What would you say? After you got on the other side of, oh, I'm so shy, and oh, I'm so humble, and oh, I'm so, get over that. What do you do for the Lord? What are your gifts? What's he put in you? I'm calling it out right now. What, what do you know that you say, you know what, I, I feel the pleasure of the Lord whenever I do this. You know, that, that is a communication of, of what the, the grace of God is on your life to do. What, do. what do you end up doing that you just, people say, well, I, you know, I was thinking about something that needed to happen and I just had to call you because, you know, I always think of you when I hear this, you know, uh, a number of years ago, this is, uh, this is kind of, a uh, uh, number of years ago, uh, John Rollins was in this church, and, and John and Judy Rollins had a deliverance ministry. And if somebody was dealing with some life-controlling habit, let me tell you, I knew John was on like speed dial for me for a long time. Hey, John, uh, can you call so-and-so? They're struggling. And, uh, and John would minister to him, and man, people got set free under John's ministry. I thank God for John. I thank God for John. Hey, you know, deliverance ministry can be messy, right? It's not something we talk about a whole lot. You know, but, but the reality is John had this grace on his life to see people get set free from life-controlling problems. You know? what, what are you known for uh, in the body of Christ? How does the Lord glorify himself? Uh, uh, lastly, in your notes here, uh, well, I'll just hit uh, one other time. What are, you doing f- uh, what are you doing for God with those gifts? What are you doing for God with those? If your walk has, has kind of gotten stale, it could be because the things that you're putting your hands to, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm not anointing you in that area anymore. I want you to move in this direction. I want you to move into this area. You know, it, following Jesus is an adventure. Serving God is an adventure. If you've gotten bored, you're not doing it right. Find out what it is that God's put on the inside of you. Why? Because Jesus wants to be where you are. He wants to be where you are. And if you don't see God showing up, then you need to ask yourself, how, how am I allowing him to do that? What, is, what am I welcoming the Lord to do? Or am I cutting him off at the pass? What is it that God wants to do through me? Let's stand this morning.
If you're a guest with us, you, you just need to know we, we close out our times with a, an opportunity to just um, do the word, to enact the word. Um, today, we're going to have prayer. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to highlight the gifts in our life. Um, you know, we don't function God's gifts according to our power. We function God's gifts according to his power. Right? Jesus Christ is not the first and last name of our Savior. Jesus is the name that means salvation. Christ means anointed one. And it points to an experience that Jesus had when he came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit uh, came upon him. He became the anointed one. And so this is, Jesus demonstrated what we would call incarnational ministry. God through man. God in the flesh. How does God want to manifest himself through your flesh? How does he want to do that? Do you know? Have you witnessed it? How, how does God use you? And you know, if you already know, then you also know I can't do it on my own. I need him to refresh me. I need his strength. I need that refreshing to come. So can we just bow our heads right now? And I in invite you, uh, if you're comfortable, just to extend your hands to the Lord right now. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Say this with me, Lord Jesus. I welcome the giver of the gifts to use my hands, to use my heart, to use my mind, to use my feet, to use my mouth. Jesus, I believe you want to be where I'm at. And I want to take you, Lord, to the places I'm going. I'm going to find people this week that are broken. I'm going to find people that have had terrible news. They're experiencing hell. I want to show them there's a heaven. I want to carry heaven with me. And I want you to use me to be there with them. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to fill me. I ask you to use me for your glory. In your name I pray. Amen.